0: Once Yeah, it's
1: Yeah, so Put the thing right here mm. Screen this is the sugar. Uh, um, that is actually the, stay. That's the audio, separate audio feed, which makes it easier to load up as the podcast. I and mean, that will have that as well. We we'll Yeah. In the name of Allah, the Most wa sahla sahla wa sahla allahumma a'inna so alhamdulillah it's uh, my great honor to have my close friend shaykh uh, ahsan uh, hanif join us uh, today uh, here live in shedo for the local audience alhamdulillah we enjoyed his qira'a in al-Maghrib, and we will enjoy it again inshallah
0: Tomorrow, <laughs> 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 <In> <laughs> for, for another two million? <laughs> for another two million. <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> so <laughs> we we'll put each other. So
1: uh Quran. So uh inshaAllah everyone online will be able to enjoy his qara in Salatul Isha as well. Um and um There is uh, uh, more to just a random uh, visit uh, from Sheikh uh, Ahsan and uh, Idris uh, as well, who is hiding behind the controls over there. But of course, everyone from LP team knows uh, uh, Idris because him and Zafar, they do the the summaries and they prepare the the tabulated forms and they do the revision classes. So, mashallah, they both came today and... uh, um, they both came today with a. Uh, I'm smiling because obviously, yeah, Ajmal just wants to destroy everyone forever and ever. You know what is oh, it is? Uh, what's the, the, the? What's the good reason? What's the good reason? What the, the Bangladeshi win the World Cup or something? What's the good reason? Five
0: two. That's the good
1: reason. I'm just trying to work out which one we're going to give to the girls and which one we're we going to keep. I like the fizzy watermelon idea. You guys can have the uh, the cherry papasta. Cherry coconut was a disaster, anyway. You can have that one. Okay, so um, this is a fitna, by the way. All the rules. Yeah, yeah. I have all this business here, I cost too much. And most of be right behind the ajmal there. But anyway, um, so actually, uh, Alhamdulillah, behind the scenes, uh, there's been a uh, a few things. And I'm going to actually make a couple of announcements right now before I forget at the end because I know I will. So I'm just going to quickly, because now I'm in kind of announcement mode. I told you guys to keep the date, September the 4th or whatever it was, free. That is 30th now. Huh? 30th, uh, 31st, 1st uh, uh, of okay. uh, no. the,
0: September. Of August.
1: Yeah, it's the first weekend in August, whatever, uh, September, and the last couple of days of uh, August. I said keep that free. We were trying to organize something that is not going ahead. Quote yeah and it may be clear not going ahead so that weekend is free enjoy your family enjoy wherever you want but it's not going ahead okay that was meant to be the pg retreat it's proving to be a really difficult logistical thing especially because the sisters are playing the backside. side yeah, insisting that they be part of it and uh, not doing anything towards it yeah so uh uh it's defeated us again this year and we will keep trying and we hope to maybe get it done earlier for 2019 inshallah uh so that's one thing a uh, couple of classes we have Protect This House this Friday night in Manchester, in Salford Uni, al slash Manchester. Tonight is when prices go up, etc, etc. Make sure if you're planning to go, you do register tonight. That's going to be Saturday and Sunday as well, full weekend. Most uh, redone, new focus on parenting and more time on that. Um, and then in Birmingham on next Saturday, uh, so not this Saturday, but the Saturday after in the evening, at the Zymo, Zymo, is that how you pronounce it? Zymo Banqueting Suite? Zymo's or whatever is Mel's or whatever. Uh, but you can go to al slash Birmingham. That's where it's going to be Dominion. And then in London, there's going to be on July 14th. That's with respect to events. I'm also going to be doing a Hajj event um, on uh, in Canary Wharf on Lon- in London on Monday at 6pm. Uh, that's in terms of those announcements. The big announcement though... Is that we've been working with uh, Sheikh uh, Ahsan for a while, wanting to um, release another. You will know that we, we created the portal with the idea that we can actually upgrade with further classes. And there's always that balance of, you know, what's going to be too many classes, what's going to be too much, and whatever. But we're very comfortable with the idea that we need to have something detailed and specialist on the Quran. And Sheikh Ahsan is someone that, you know, mashallah and we don't praise yeah, anyone other than What Allah mm-hmm. subhanahu wa ta'ala has Formed uh, in, of the correct opinion of that person But he's uh, well qualified In Quran, I enjoy very much listening to him Yeah, Not just reciting but explaining the Quran His tafsir classes have been very successful yeah, Al-Maghrib's yeah, premier tafsir Class has always been the Tafsir with Kafta That he does, anyone who's studied The Ilm Summit and uh, the other forms Where he's done, whether Surah fusilat Or whether Surah XYZ, all of them Very very good, and uh, Sheikh Ahsan also now wanting to uh, maintain uh, the kind of quality that we want with respect to the legacy of notes and having any yani, detailed notes available etc then it was the perfect idea then to launch an, an idea a, a, a new class that we're going to call QP it's going to be Quranic progression and starting from the beginning until the very end um, and it's uh, something I think very much needed and I will before I pass on to Sheikh Ahsan tell you a little bit about that and the details but something which the the number one need for it is because yes in recent times there has been a an upsurge in the interest in the interest of Quran uh, ali khan uh, mufti menk uh, blah blah these people more youtube more whatever more yani references of Quran being quoted in lectures maybe comparatively more so than to others and that's got people interested interesting ideas and so on and so forth um and just generally, you know, Quran is always a winner yani in terms of keeping inter- people's interest, whatever. But one of the things that the students of Quran and experts of Quran and uh, you know, students of knowledge generally are, have been concerned about and very much aware of is the entrance, of course, of many personal opinions into the tafsir of the Quran as well. Personal opinions which sound really great, sound really romantically amazing, making you go wow, wow, wow. In actual fact, they're not based in any actual uh, authentic source or correct interpretation of the Qur'an, according to the Qur'an and Sunnah. Which is a shame because it can sometimes be packaged like that it is, and we get very impressed by certain things that we hear, or we find some of the very emotional points that we hear, but they are not actually linked to what the ayah is trying to say. That's problematic, that's problematic. There can be no, safe, no safer and more correct approach than sticking to the Qur'an and Sunnah with personal opinions that are based upon quran sunnah as opposed to using the world using uh, liberal uh, concepts using humanism using uh, democratic principles to establish the, the 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 opinion or interpretation as opposed to the other way around yeah where we establish the opinion and if the other folks like the idea of it then great and if they don't then well you know go and find another book to interpret for yourself so uh the quran needs to be protected and shaykh ahsan yeah, and he, as i said i was very happy with that idea so i want to announce alhamdulillah that uh uh, with the new year obviously at the end of this one it's taking some time uh but it's going to be a local class in birmingham as well so for those folks who are close by in birmingham we want you to support this the any proper and prepare yourselves for this an extra uh tuesday night in the uh uh, week so tuesday night and wednesday night will be the designated nights then for a class it will be at the hikma center um, more details, all those kind of details will come out later, that times, dates, this, that, whatever. But for the new year, this is going to be the big thing. So going to pass over Sheikh Ahsan with his ideas, with what his motivation was, and some details. Any
0: volunteers that want
1: to be a partner? Yeah, yeah, and so we are going to need support. You know that we're very fortunate here, okay? Well, some of might say cursed yeah, when it comes to being with Shazad, yeah. But we're very fortunate with the rest of the team. Okay, helping me out here, masha'Allah, Tabarakallah. You know, there's setup involved and there's headache and there's this and there's that. And so, if there's anyone in the area, okay, that is, um, uh, you know, likes the idea of just, you know, an hour uh, odd uh, per week to help out in the locality in Birmingham. Birmingham is a big city, but Sheikh Ahsan doesn't live next to uh, Hikmah Center either. And he is going to have to travel, neither does Idris. and, And so, you know, it takes a little bit of extra time. Uh, if you will uh, join, then if you can e- uh, just put, put a note either on the portal or email admin at um, propheticguidance.co.uk or email lpnotetakers at gmail.com, any of those yeah, any emails, then contact us. Or Yanni yeah, via the Facebook page, drop a message on the Facebook, Yanni yeah, to the Facebook page. Either way, but please contact us over the next couple of weeks so that we can then contact you and Idris, then we'll just uh, you know, uh, give you a kind of like a quick primer on what we can actually uh, do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think uh, Baisa has kind of said role. Uh It hasn't really left a pitch for me. So um, the idea of, of, of QP and, and Quranic progression is kind of, as you said, an extension of logical progression. What we wanted to do is really connect with the Quran we want to connect with it in a detailed way. So all of us have a connection with the Qur'an, however deep or however surface that connection may be. Some of us just have a very limited connection with the Qur'an because we don't have a good grasp of the Arabic language, we don't have the resources, we don't have the, the books available to us. And something that's now happening more and more within the English language is that we, those of us that have the command of the English language, alhamdulillah, we've studied to some degree, we're kind of bringing everything new and, and authoring and, and releasing and, and speaking and giving lectures in the English language. So it's no longer that thing in the 90s where we used to just translate everything. Right? Everything was a translation and it was just someone sitting and translating and annotating and so on. We're actually coming up with things in English. So LP is doing fiqbah from an English point of view from beginning to end. And likewise with the tafsir of the Quran, we don't really have access to a good solid tafsir in the English language, a complete tafsir from beginning to end. In the book form we have Ibn Kathir's abridgment which has been translated into English. We have some volumes of Qurtubi and so on. But no one's really taken, and those are classical texts by the way, which even today in the Arab world people don't really study or people don't really read, right? You need shiukh and ulama and scholars to come and break down Ibn Kathir for us now because he wrote it for a different level of scholarship, a different student, a different type of person. So we need to come down now and bring tafsir to our level in our context, Based on the Qur'an and Sunnah in a way that we can relate to, our families can relate to. And we want to do it in a detailed way. So it's not going to be a surface tafsir, you know, where we finish uh, Juz'amma, um, you know, within a week or a month or a year. It's going to be something that we're going to take our time with. Inshallah, we're going to start from Juz'amma, so from Surah Nas. We decided to go from the end to the beginning rather than the beginning to the end. Just because it's something that people can relate more to. is something which more people can connect with because it's the surahs that they're most familiar with. And, inshallah ta'ala, alongside with that, I've had an idea for many years of actually writing in tafsir. Having something which is written in tafsir, a, a semi-detailed tafsir, inshallah ta'ala. I hope that that will inform the notes that will accompany the class. Um, we've been working on this now, I think, for like a good four or five months, will know. Shazad lost weight because of it. Um, <laughs> poor guy. We've had issues, internet and location and logistics and so on. But, alhamdulillah, finally, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to launch after Hajj when the new academic year begins and brother Idris inshallah is going to be um, part of that team and like Sheikh Barisa said anyone else that wants to help it is an amazing opportunity and it is an amazing sadaqa jari, not just for us and our families but for a whole community inshallah this stuff is going to be preserved it's a legacy that inshallah for many generations people will come and they will take from and they will benefit from and it's something which will take Allah, ta'ala, Allah knows best how many years it's going to take but it's something inshallah ta'ala, we're going to commit to and it reminds me of the story of Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah ta'ala When he wanted to first write his tafsir And his students came and they were full of passion And enthusiasm and they said We want you to write a book of tafsir So he asked for something like uh, 30,000 pages So that he could write his tafsir And they said, no, no, that's too much My 30,000 pages, i just going to read 30,000 pages of tafsir And he actually became upset He was ready to give 30,000 pages of tafsir to the Ummah And his students told him, no, it's too much And so he said, okay, bring me 3,000 instead and so they brought him 3,000, and he wrote his tafsir, which is still the largest, greatest tafsir that we have today in our time. Mm-hmm. And it's something which we need to revive, going back to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, looking at what the scholars said, the sahaba, the great scholars of Islam who have left so much for us, but we've kind of brushed it all to the side over time, and we don't have that connection that we had with the Qur'an. That is, inshallah ta'ala, the aim and the vision, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it makes it easy for us and facilitates it, inshallah ta'ala. And um, you know, I want to thank Sheikh Abu Isa and Shahzad and all the team, This is really their baby and their their idea. And inshallah, I'm just taking it and bringing it in. (laughs) So, rizakallah khair. Barakallah
1: feekah. You know, the amazing thing about the Tabari point is that subhanallah, he made it so small in the end, relatively speaking, and hardly any of his own opinions. That's the crazy part. And imagine if it was like a modern day version. There'd be nothing like what he actually collected. Which was like all the opinions, all the hadith, all of the ara of uh, tabi'een whatever. That was just references. Yani, yeah? effectively, it's a massive reference source. Very few words for himself. Whereas, you know, you look at like even kathir, that's like a 50-50, and that's like halfway development. And then you look at a modern day time, you find hardly any references to Quran and sunnah, and it's all just chat, 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 chat. Which has its own value, but you know, if you look at, for example, uh, ruh al maani, very little the, the tafsir of al alusi, which is a cracking, stonking Tafsir, or Tafsir Manar even, they are big Tafsirs, but just your own political understandings and linguistic and grammar and Tafsir can be so so huge, anyway right, so that's that, so um, to be honest, it's, it's a great it's a great thing, because uh, you know on this point about legacy, right, again don't worry too much about, you know, whether you're a volunteer thinking of joining at, uh, at the Birmingham when it launches, or a- at any level, you know these little things that we do especially because of the modern technology of it being recorded on this uh, podcast thing or because it's on a video or because it's in text form. Remember, we haven't actually even re- released our uh, text uh, that we've collected. We've got like five years of hundreds and hundreds of pages. We're not going to charge anyone for it We're going to release it. That's going to go everywhere. And then there'll be people who'll be randomly, you know, copying that and pasting it and this and that, whatever, little points, facts. And that will be the same for the Quran project and same for any other project. This stuff goes and it spreads. It doesn't need to have our name on it. It doesn't need to have our copyright on it. The whole point is that there are, you know, still, mashallah, this project LP, it, 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 QP can occur and happen uh, because the people are still funding LP. There are a number of people that are paying every month, number of pounds. Some tiny, some yani, a little bit more, and they've been paying from the beginning. Some just started a couple of years ago. And it's always open, and people can join now, and all of that, Yanni, is allowing for. And costs are, you know, more than you might think. You know, at Amazon, yani the dogs—they kill us, Yanni, they do. But uh, but they're good servers now. Remember, I do you guys remember in the in the original days when we launched, this thing kept crashing, mm-hmm. the servers couldn't handle anything, whatever. Now I think they could handle it slightly, Yanni, with ten people joining. But you know, yeah, do you think there'd be a problem, uh, Shazia? Yeah? Anyway, so. Um, right, where did we get to?'m I'm, I'm a bit I seem to remember we were speaking about raising the hands and um, about how it was established, right? I remember because I just I seem to remember I, I, I can even though i can't remember what I said, I can remember emotions and I can remember emotions of you know, the front row looking at me in aghast, yeah you know, the old day you know, of last week he had an heart attack, and me you know, enjoying myself telling him more and more and more. I want niya, well, niya as well. Yeah. That was a week before you packed. No, Honestly, come on. You again? again. Right, right. Oh yeah. I, yeah, will no, no, never take right. a Right, right at De- that time. At Correct. Correct. You're Correct. Yeah, about winter, it? You said, if you doing a long and you saying. Sick break, one. Well said. See, I never miss an opportunity. Never miss an opportunity. <laughs> so we said that. And today, Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar is very lucky that I didn't do another one today. Unbelievable. Our, our, our salah we're talking about you know, how quick the salah should start our salah is being delayed because 15 people are trying to work out you know, where's the hat you know, where's the hat, yeah. where's, the hat? Yeah. where's the hat other one goes where's the hat yeah. give him a hat make him wear a hat yeah. what is wrong with these bloody people yeah.
0: my hats,
1: like hats. <laughs> they obviously <laughs> like hats. Be, be yeah,
0: the yeah.
1: hats yeah yeah CCTV <laughs> I honest to God yeah, you know one day yeah, wait, I will wait, wait. explode you know that where's the where's the hat, <laughs> where's the hat? <laughs> Wallahi I was just waiting for Shaykh Abdukha to take his hat off yeah, yeah, yeah. But he kept saying no, no, no to each one, no, no Shaykh Ali
0: taught
3: us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah,
1: god,
0: one, what is wrong Shaykh Abdukha do it's the salah, why was he with for Sheikh Abdukha Shaykh before said that I'm not wearing a
1: hat and I'm leaving. Honestly you know our patience, Wallahi like I said to you before like I said, to be from an anthropological point of view, the Hanafi school has not been associated with intolerance. It is the Pak, uh, the, the the subcontinent interpretation of the Hanafi school. In its Diobandi slash Brelvi slash even some no, the, 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 the Nedwa, yani, is unfair to blame them as well. But others, yani, their uh, uh, version of the Hanafi school is the most intolerant and ignorant that is is possible. I was in Yorans, Pakistan. Okay. A Patan. Oh. Whilst you were Mom in the thingy. Mom,
0: Mom, like, Behind. Shoes. No no. He was he was with me, but he had a he had a scarf and a hat. Right. So he scarfed himself to do a the Sick
1: guy. <laughs> that's our that's our generosity, you see that? Only a Patan would take <laughs> his own hat off. Never been the same <laughs> <laughs> Only a Patan would give you his own hat from his own head and then he the only girl scarf to cover his own. Sure. What a sick guy.
4: <laughs>
1: he's gonna <didn't> shoot me. <laughs> you don't right. You should be scared he's gonna shoot you. You know, yeah, shoot people in message for a lot less than that. A lot less than that. I told you my story, I think, in year number one, when someone passed wind. And one said it was you. And the other one said, no, it was you. Sure. And the other one said, oh, it was you. And then they, they pulled out a gun, they shot each other at the same time. Both died. True story. And there was one guy, who was, when it was happening, he kept crying all the way through. He goes, Wallahi, I'll say it was me. I'll, Wallahi, I'll say it was me. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's mental. Anyway, right. So I think that we've done, I think we got to the point of just raising the hands. And the fact that it is established. And the fact that a hadith, I, 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 I remember I said that, yes? Yeah. Hadith of umar Hadith Bukhari. I gave two references, yes? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's fine. And I said that, uh, and then I mentioned what Mukhtar al Shankriti said, which is that um, this is the position of all the imams, even those that didn't yani, consider uh, raising the hands within the prayer, but no one disagrees on the issue of uh, at the start of the prayer. We spoke about yani, the timings, okay about uh, uh, should a person say "Allahu Akbar" at the same time, and should he say "Allah Akbar," and then raise the hands, or should he say, yani raise the hands first and say "Allah Akbar." And we said that there's flexibility in that because all have been narrated. Okay, some of them more flexible than the others obviously the very best is to do it all in one concurrent flow kind of uh, motion Um, I want to follow even though there's so much that I want to talk about uh, uh, so many uh, 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 narrations I want to mention uh, especially from some of the companions I do want to stick to the text of uh, Zad al-Mustaqni' to just stay disciplined so in the text we are in the part where he says وَيَقُولُ الله أَكْبَرُ يديه مد... <laughs> عليكم السلام الله. الْأَصَابِعِ مَمْدُودَةً مَنْ That's what we're going to be covering today. Which translates as, that he says, Allahu Akbar, raising his hands to the height of his shoulders. Okay, and height, حذوة, does not mean height. It means in line with, okay. But that's obviously the same thing as height. Uh, in line with his shoulders. With his fingers together, okay, uh, but outstretched, just like when in prostration. So that's what we're going to cover today, all right? Uh, positioning of hands, the reality of the uh, uh, hands itself, and also a quick word, okay, because obviously, obviously um, just so that we can push, just so that we can put the issue of raising the hands to bed, because there is going to be a good application of the point of raising the hands. Uh, When it comes to actual raising the hands, the Prophet ﷺ has been very clearly, authentically uh, copied by a number of the companions in raising those hands. However, it is also, and, uh, and I just want to read some of them. And we want to go hardcore on these narrations to educate the ignorant who think that it's some kind of prehistoric practice, or it's a practice that was done because we want to let the idols fall out. And we, you know, and uh, you know, you've got people, especially amongst our own generation, uncles who think you're Wahhabi and you're the enemy of the uh, the the state, mankind, Muslims, and Pakistan. If you raise your hands, okay. So we will go hardcore with respect to with respect to the actual uh, uh, hadith and narrations and we did that last week to teach them a lesson but we also need to learn a lesson as well especially those that practice the raising of the hands a lot that's why i want to just finish off this point here so look look at some of these narrations um, uh, al Hassan ibn muslim rahimullah he said i heard tawus he was asking about uh, he was asked about raising the hands in the prayer he said I saw Raiitu Abdullah. Wa Abdullah Wa Abdullah. I saw Abdullah, Abdullah and Abdullah raise their hands during the prayer. Meaning all the way through the prayer. So that's Yani at the beginning, when you stand up, when you uh stand up from the uh when you go for Ruqua, when you stand up from Ruqua, and when you, as in one of the authentic narrations, finish from the the Methna when you finish from the two, meaning you're standing up from the first tashahud. So all those authentic narrations are clear. By the way, who's Abdullah, Abdullah, and Abdullah? Who is Tawus referring to? Tawus, of course, Imam of Tabi'een. Okay, one of the major Tabi'een. So, who is Abdullah, Abdullah, Abdullah? Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Abbas, and it would have been, it would have, you would have thought Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. But this was a statement made in haste, without thinking. Because Abdullah ibn Mas'ud... Is the most famous protagonist for not raising his hands, okay? As is who else, Ali bin Abi Talib. As is who else, Ubay bin Kaab. These are the three big ones when it comes to the 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 the, the, the exposing us to a different way of praying, right? Major companions exposing us to the idea that there is differences. Whereas Abdullah bin Umar is the major. Abdullah bin Abbas is the king. Okay, when it comes to this, yani establishing this, Abdullah ibn Umar probably the most authentically understood. But the reason why I give the states of king to Abdullah ibn Abbas in this issue is because Abdullah ibn Umar, he's seen as the imam of which madhab? Seen. No, he's not the imam of any madhab. But I mean, how, who is he seen as the linchpin? Yani. Come on. Common sense. Where did he travel to? Where did he go? Why, why, where did these schools develop? Where did Abdullah bin Mas'ud go so that people don't raise their hands? Kufa, Iraq, yes. So that's where you got the Hanafi school and whatever. They don't raise their hands, okay. So where did Abdullah bin Omar go? Medina. He said in Medina, which is the school of Malik. Okay, and you see in the Maliki Madhab, very little raising of hands, actually, comparatively. Or you got within the school that difference of opinion there. Okay, uh, 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 the Malikis are the only madhab that formally will support the Hanafi school when it comes to the issue of raising, not raising hands, which is interesting considering they take so much of the effect from Abdullah bin Umar. so much, yani from Nafi, from Abdullah bin Umar. You see that so, so, uh, you know, so common. So there's always these little quirks that you see. But whereas Abdullah ibn Abbas, of course, goes to Mecca, Abdullah ibn Abbas becomes one of the champions of Shafi'i, yani Shafi'i really kind of depends upon him. Shafi'i we know is very big on the prayer. A lot of scholars will tell you that when you want to clock the prayer, then follow study the study the method of the Shafi'i, very good and strong in the aspects of the prayer. Just like we say that Shafi'i is also very good in Hajj. A lot of things are Hajj, yani you find that they seem to be particularly strong. Particularly, you know, uh, these are not random statements. They're not obviously... Statements that you got to, you know, they're absolutely correct and without 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 question. There's obviously some problems in these statements as well. However, you do find some interesting uh, support for these ideas. Like, for example, when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, uh, how can I say when it comes to like rule and law and things like that, you you automatically gravitate towards the Hanafi school. So much experience. So much experience at the end, at the, the sharp end of ruling, of Qadha, of court. You're looking at Harun al-Rashid, you're looking at those yani, glory years where the, the, the caliphates yani, started to prosper. You look back historically and you see that, for example, uh, uh, Qadi Yusuf, Abu Yusuf, and Muhammad al-Shaybani as well, these are the major companions of Abu Hanifa. They were given the position of Qadi al-Qadha, the chief judge of all judges. They were given the governor positions. So the madhab was spreading right uh, a lot and then it was being used in rules so you see that it, it, it's true to say that there are certain areas where just like even today we will say in certain uh, 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 when you're studying uh, we will always respect more than what is normal the aqidah qualities of the saudi scholars okay maybe we won't yani consider their political yani, uh, opinions very much because they've been bought out by that because a long time ago. But when it comes to Aqeedah and whatever, they seem to have got a good good handle on that. When it comes to the protective ideas of of whatever, and even that is a big statement, because they made some mistakes in that, frankly, as well. Some that have had a significant consequence when it comes to actually getting people to become too extreme against those that make mistakes in, for example, uh, uh, praying to a grave, or thinking that there is someone in the grave when they go to them and they ask that person, you know, uh, what to the wider world seems as they 're asking that person to give them something where in actual fact, most of the time they 're asking that person to ask Allah that I consider you to be closer to allah than i am you 've passed i 'm still sinning you 've done you are a holy man i 'm not so they put these ideas in their minds, okay like modern bravery practices, and they would and and, and you know they would consider. The, the, the laity might look at some of the Saudi teachings and start to think that these kind of brailwis, modern day brailwis, are all kuffar or all mushrikeen because they're all asking someone to do something. They to give me a child or whatever one they can't. And nuance and reality teaches us actually that even though it is definite bid'ah and even a bid'ah a very, very serious level, maybe even leading to kuffar, it's not to the level that people have understood. So that doesn't say that if a people have got an area of speci- a spe- a speciality, that they don't make mistakes, but it, they do have specialities. Different areas and regions have specialities reflecting historical specialities. So the Hanafi is good in law, in iqtisad, in in, eco- economy, in in economics, in financial issues, taxes, and so on. And today, if you look at the modern-day Islamic finance industry, it is entirely built by the Deobandis, entirely built by Mufti Taki and his father and whatever. Yeah, and if you look at the Malaysians that are seen as the second lot, they came miles later onto the scene, miles later. Right? Yani, today, it's only their financial power and the fact that it's such a modern, strong, kind of uh, democ- democratic kind of uh, country that they've been able to fund a lot of conferences, develop a lot of kind of Islamic finance seminars. But them bringing their fiqh to the fore, their children, as Shafi'i himself said, we are ayalun yani, to Abu Hanifa and fiqh. He actually said that original statement back in the day that we are children compared to Abu Hanifa. We're dependent upon Abu Hanifa in fiqh. The Shafi'is and their modern interpretation of uh, Islamic finance. Is entirely dependent upon formative work that the Ubandi school has been doing in the last couple of hundred years. So um, it's important to recognize the strengths and the weaknesses of different schools. And that you'll see as a common thread goes back throughout history and even goes back to the companions themselves. And the proof of that is the Prophet ﷺ said, take your Qur'an from Ubay, take your Qur'an from Abdullah bin Mas'ud, take your Qur'an from Salim, Mawla Abu Hadhaifah, yani why? Why not take Qur'an from Umar? Why not take Qur'an from Abu Bakr as-Siddiq? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, he's the only one who led the Prophet ﷺ in his presence, yani, uh, actively. We have another narration of Abdurrahman ibn Auf that was, that was circumstantial. That was circumstantial. Abu Bakr is the one who's told to lead. Yani, okay. So, uh, why wouldn't you take Qur'an from him? Uh, because uh, the Prophet ﷺ has given Abu Bakr a different yani, role. You will take your whole religion and your leadership from him. Uh, and not from Ali or not from Uthman and not from whatever because this is the best one and uh, Mu'adh he's the best of you in Halal Haram and so and so is. so we've got to understand that and the more that we teach people this okay the more people become more tolerant and under, this is the big missing gap with like our elders those you know, people who are, you know, they, they can't just enjoy the prayer and enjoy the fact that we have someone you know, who's calm and whatever and they focus on a And the people who are focusing on the hat are the people who inadvertently don't have a single idea of what's being recited in the prayer. And so therefore, you get that that paradigm where you have people who are so focused on the form, but nothing of the substance. right? And that's a lot of our elders and a lot of the backward people that we uh, know. And ironically, there's another extreme which is very prevalent in our time right now. This, alhamdulillah, is a dying out one. Yes, this is going out. It's dying with the age of the people because most of them are very, very elderly and it's dying out. We wish that they'd stay and the idea would die out, but if it takes the people to die out, then so be it. I don't care. Change has to come one way or the other. If they have to all die, then إِنَّكَ you وَإِنَّهُ فِلَمَيِّتُونَ So, what's the problem? Is there a problem, Sheikh Abdul the problem is that he's, yeah, he's dependent upon you know, those people. <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves them so much because they're the only people who pray with him. Unemployed lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's what's what's? <laughs> has a saying. Retired? Retired. On, Retired. No, no. Sheikh Abdullah has a saying. Shaykh, tell him your saying, Sheikh. Dhuhr Asr prayer is the prayer of the unemployed. <laughs> That's my saying, by the way. Don't steal my my sayings.
0: Abu <laughs> to In his life? <laughs> yes, in his life. You see him with the book of yeah, you know that is so our everyday since I kept this night, the first, you know that is one of our doctors, Syrian came, and he moved from London and he was praying with me. Do, do. And I said, what is he doing? What is he doing? I said, wait guys, he came for salah. Said, no, <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, why didn't work? He said, no, let <laughs> <laughs> and then I approached. Him. I said, "Welcome. Why, why you come? You come to the mosque? Why are you do?" Then he said, "I'm a doctor. I moved from London here. Then he said, i 'I'm looking for a job. I told them. They said it.' Therefore, I'm always not coming." <laughs> I said, "If you come to work or and you are age 30s, 40s, 20, above 20 until retired, 50s, these."
1: that your own benefit
3: or your <laughs> <laughs> own. So. That's why Muhammad is
1: hiding it. As Usman correctly said, if it's a pack, then he's doing both. <laughs> he's clearing benefits and he's, and he's working some black yen somewhere as well. Anyway, so um, uh, 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 this is very important, okay? By the way, Sheikh, uh, this is the great thing about LP. You don't need to talk about anything to do with the subject whatsoever.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? You like that, yeah? You're going to uh, love like this class. You oh, know yeah. what I'm mean? saying? Still on Kitab. I'm still being in the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are the extreme. They are genuinely the extreme. And, but they're going. But we have been hit with an equally dangerous extreme that are here for a while. And that's the other side. All substance, no form. Okay these are the people who are romantically so connected with the ideas of the prayer they love the idea of a loving god and you know they'll cherry pick verses of the Quran they'll study it so much and they'll regurgitate that whatever what not but when it comes to the waking up for fajr when it comes to coming to the masjid when it comes to whatever they are never seen they're not known they're not yet to ever enter a masjid this is the rise of the liberal secular humanist muslim okay and that's going nuts these are your your emasculated kind of men your feminist women your uh, liberal kind of folks that are, uh, you know, have been brought up with Islam as a culture as opposed to an actual faith and uh, as with everything we are bang in the middle the ibadah aspects and practice and sacrifice yani, of the Muslims yani, has to be absolute yani paramount you've got a scholar who's wowing you and doing this or whatever, and you don't see him in a the masjid then you can just take his opinion and throw it in the bin if you don't see a person is acting according to his knowledge, then his knowledge does nothing for it. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay? At the same time, we can't be the people who just spend our time day and night, yani Allah, 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 and nothing yani, behind it. Or just reading Quran, da da, 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 da da and not understand a single phrase behind it. If you remember in fitna, when we talked fitna, we'd have that big, big discussion at the beginning. What's better? كَثْرَةُ Quran, يعني, يعني just so much يعني, Quran and little reflection or more reflection. And less taraa. Big discussion amongst the scholars. Big difference of opinion amongst the companions itself. No doubt that the correct position is less taraa, more tadabbur. Because this Quran has been sent down ليَدَبِّرُ آياتِهِ وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَ أُولُوَ الْعَلْبَ. It has been sent down so that the people make tadabbur over its meanings, and they take a benefit. They take a benefit, a, reman- a reminder. Yani the people who are deep, they, they really realize something like that. Without denigrating the loss of recitation. Alright, so there has to be people in the middle, that's got to be us, that are in tune with the reason of their religion, they, they question things, they, they talk about things, whatever, but they never allow it to paralyze them and they don't allow it to wow them. The meanings, okay? The meanings or, or, or the. You see, uh, and the reason uh, I can speak so freely is because it is actually our lesson content. Amazingly, okay? I've just yani yeah, uh, summarized one whole page of what Sheikh Uthaymeen is talking about. He's talking about the, something that we was I uh, was asked last week, why, why do we raise the hands? Okay, why do we raise the hands? And you will see Sheikh Uthaymeen when he's asked this question, actually any of the classical scholars, okay, all of them without yani yeah, exception, every single time will go into a set recorded <laughs> diatribe of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals this, you have to listen, we don't understand the meaning, you will just you know, go or whatever, whatnot. and he will always do that, as a reminder just to humble yourself, and don't make your question so big and important, that if you don't understand the meaning, you're going to all go into, you know, into a meltdown, and say oh, I don't get this, so therefore I can't possibly believe in it, and practice in it, whatever. And then sometimes at the end, when he's given that little warning, he might offer a few tidbits, and say yeah, but this could be one of the reasons, this could be one of the reasons, this could be one of the reasons. And so often you'll see, that when it comes to salah, these questions are going to come up. Not so much in the chapter of tahara, because tahara is a common sense kind of idea. You get what I'm saying, yeah, I mean, everyone understands the idea of keeping yourself clean, washing yourself. Everyone also understands there's like this kind of sacred idea uh, behind even ritual ablution. Ablu- the word ablution is there because you know no one ever will heard the word ablution in school. All right, ablution is some random word you only understood when you started practicing and you realized the act- there's an actually a word called wudu. That there is a concept called a sacred ritualistic washing that's not focused about lots of water but movements instead in a certain manner at certain sacred times that goes back thousands of years and so that then makes it clear that you know there's there's a rational and a spiritual clear to easy understand thing with Tahara. so there's not so many questions in that prayer lots of questions not about the need to prostrate for example everyone gets prostration you don't get many questions about prostration, but you get lots of questions about raising the hands, and that makes no sense. You get lots of questions about raka'at. because that doesn't make any sense either. Yani, the idea of why is that four, three, four? You get lots of questions about why five prayers and not ten? That doesn't make any sense, right? So uh, uh, the prayer will start to introduce you to a lot of questions that uh, um, that make you think, and how you think and respond is very important. Logical progression. Yani, is definitely a class that's meant to take that yani, uh, head on. Not just because the name itself is indicating that everything is in line with logic and rationale and whatever. Because we define logic and rationale as that which is controlled by Quran and Sunnah, not independent of Quran and Sunnah. And the wider society recognizes rationale and logic to be something completely third party and independent. Because they see Quran and Sunnah to be an illogical restriction to the mind. Okay, That's because they started off on the wrong premise. Our premise for the aql is that it, is, it comes from the divine, it has to be restricted. They yani, believe in absolute independent agency. And that's something which Muslims will never ever support. Never ever support. There is no such thing as utterly independent agency. There is no such thing as complete freedom without yani, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala involved. That's the biggest yani mistake that, that society, humanity has made, which created the entire field of philosophy and theology and kalam and whatever. So uh, the question will be asked here now, about these things, why raise our hands, whatever, what not. And it's very important for the people here and those online and those who study sharia to always be very comfortable with these questions and know how to answer them and how, and how to not answer them or, or, the, or to how not have the incorrect attitude when answering these questions. Because if you put all of your lot, all of your money, all of your intellectual investment into the answer to that question, then you didn't understand the sharia in the first place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a privilege that He allowed you even to practice religion yeah, and he, or let alone try to understand it I put something on Facebook a little while ago when I was reflecting about this and whatever just reflecting about parents and how much gratitude we have towards them that they're the ones who pulled us through to the age of intellectual understanding when we couldn't understand jack squat about what we're doing, why we're doing yeah, and he, waking up for Fajr as a 13 year old is the biggest pain in the backside ever right? you know when you see I, I'm obviously going to, I'm going to be talking about this in Protect This House when it comes to kids and Salah You'll see that uh, parents... When it comes to bringing their children to the prayer... Sheikh Al Fahd is a witness uh, to this... Um, he will remember that when he joined here... The kids... Uh, I would bring them when they were 6 and 7 and 8... All of them... Yeah, And it was the easiest thing in the world... Not a single prayer deadness, Okay, They would come every morning... And that was like when it's 4 o'clock... And 7 o'clock... And whatever time it is in the morning... Okay, At that time... The, for the kids... It's not a. It, it, it's uh, what's the word? What's the phrase? There's not too much thinking going on. That's what I'm saying. And there's a huge emotional bond to the parents, and they are hugely invested in keeping the parents happy because they see the return. Sheikh Al yeah, he was skin in those days, yeah, and the amount of money he used to spend on chocolates and sweets in those days, yeah, it was crazy. He had to keep giving sweets every single fajr and each time they'd come to him because that was the function. Ironically, it is without any exaggeration, the, you know, as, as you'll see when we, we, we open this properly, that when it comes to salah, you'd think that it has a lot of common sense, you know, that it's obvious that we should offer it. It's not at all. If it was, then the billions of adults would do it, okay? The truth is, and that's, you don't need to be A Muslim either. There are hundreds of millions of Muslims who are very intelligent people who don't pray. Right? Who don't pray. So it's not obvious, actually. It does require a a, a major resetting and calibration. So as a kid, why are you expecting it to make sense to a kid? That's why those who have already sat, protect this house, the original version. You remember that exercise that we did about that kid who wakes up at 3 and does things at 4 and prays all night at 5 and, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, whatever, and I give an exercise to the class, it's still in this version as well. I say, What do you think? What's your immediate reaction to this uh, page? And you've got all these people saying, Oh, we're inspired, <laughs> and where this is great, and this is amazing. And I'm like, At the end, I said, All of you are lying, Annie. You, All of you are talking nonsense. That's not reality. There's someone who did the Hajjud at five and six, and whatever. they're going, Oh, this is so great, so great. What are you on about? Which kid prays the Hajjud at six? And which kid does that? Right? And if they are doing it, it's yeah, an empty action. Yeah, I can tell you now that the majority of the times my kids were coming, they were coming for that moment of just going up to Sheikh afterwards and getting that sweet chocolate, bit of a laugh and joke, and then going back home. And why not? That's the, the level of the ibadah, depth of ibadah at that age. So what I want to say is that you see a huge yeah, ease in bringing kids 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and then it gets to 11, 12, 13, 14, and then it goes right down here like that. 15, 16, and Sheikh again, see the ages of the kids and how it went down like that, much more thingy much more difficult to get out of bed, even when they are awake and whatever, motivation's not there they don't care about you now so much as well remember, when it comes to parenting and bonding, the focus when they're very young is always on bonding, not upon information transfer, it's about bonding because if you bond well the information transfer is made easier and you've got to take advantage of that earlier age very quickly because the bonding decreases as more exposure to other adults comes along because you love your father and your mother, because they're Superman, they're Superwoman, they're everything. Suddenly, they come across Mr. Hopkins and Mrs. Kelly, and they think that bloody hell, there's other ones of you as well. You know what I'm saying? And then it starts to make sense that this is not some restricted thing to my house. This is the world, and then you start to like their ideas. And you know, like I said a hundred times, they come home, and you say to them this, but Miss Kelly says this. Miss Kelly, I'll give you bloody Miss Kelly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you can't. You can't, you, you can't because they're impressed just like they're impressed with you and then you, that, that bond starts to weaken, weaken, weaken and then in teen years they're already trying to rebel anyway and then you've got all the external so it becomes more difficult then you will see a, a, a rise again when they become, or if you've done the job properly 15, 16, 17 you're hoping that they now get it yeah, you, that you maintain the bond close enough that they get it and then they come so um, uh, no idea what that's about oh yeah parents, yes well, going, where, where do we go in this the point is this, is that the parental responsibility is what? To make those, keep those guys in the game, the kids in the game, when they don't get it. But to still keep them in the game because the parents need to have patience to know that there will come a time when they will get it. But they won't get what they didn't get in the first place. What was it they didn't get? They didn't get the rationale for prayer. They didn't understand why do I have to wake up in the morning. They didn't understand why I have to, yani when I can just pray right here on my bed. You know, at the foot of the bed, standard for the vast majority of people, yes? Quick bish bash bosh, yani, one bam, thank you, ma'am. Yes? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Literally five minutes. And subhanAllah, it even controls the amount of water used. So we don't go too heavy on the water, so don't wake up too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Ash is that every day. Ask good. <laughs> yeah? No, but it's true. And. You are a kid who, who's uh, tired and going to sleep at 10 o'clock and got to wake up at 7, okay? That makes sense. Okay, all right, you want me to pray? Okay. Allah gave me my PlayStation. Allah gave me this. Allah gave me that. I get that part. So I'll get up and pray. But that's what... Get up. And I have to wash properly. and brush teeth as well because, you yeah, you say my things things And get in a car. And it's cold outside. And wait in a car. And go to Masjid. And Mulvi Yani yeah, reciting so long, okay? But our mulvi doesn't. That's the problem. Yeah? <laughs> he doesn't. He, he's the only Malavi who gets cussed yet and for not reciting yet enough. He's not
0: enough.
1: He's not enough. Honestly, we go all that way in mission, the guy reads like five, six lines and he goes, yeah, that's enough. Oh, no, no. <laughs> So, and Sheikh Khaled attacking him every time. Yeah. When Sheikh Khaled comes, he's so stressed. Because yes. Sheikh if he reads more than half a page, he goes, "Why, are you, why are you torturing the people?" <laughs> so you got <laughs> That's why <he> has, <coughs> Imam is the worst job ever. <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. Getting hated on, whatever. And through, in the midst of all that, one uncle comes along and he goes, "You Christian Imam." Yeah. <laughs> You know the uncle over there who was, yeah, he got, he, he stood up. He wanted to, he, wanted, he stood, just now he stood up there and said, no, you have to make him wear the hat. I really? gave him, yeah, that? I gave him you one know. look. You I know. said, you dare move one more <laughs> step before I slap you. Because yeah. well, I had enough of that guy. I have had enough of that guy. But when I wasn't here one day, he went up to Sheikh the fire. really freaked out. What, because you said, what did you say?
0: There was the Christian. Yeah, yeah, what did you say? He asked me a question when you were there. Then he said to me, what was the question? What was the question he asked you? He and goes, you move this uh, up. No, one the many questions was that, because the, you know that is after the children are like living in Jannah. I mean, they Happy New Year, for example. Oh, yeah. Then he said to me, What do you think? I didn't ask it. I said, Inshallah, I will ask you. Then he said to me, What do you think of the, the ladies who are coming to the masjid? They have all the, the the what they call skinny, uh, skinny, skinny jeans? jeans? I said, Don't worry, Inshallah, I will ask you. Then many that he said to me, when you finish every Salah, you have to give the, the people the... Warn point.
1: the people. So I want you after every Salah, yes, when you turn around, you say to the women, make sure you wear proper trousers, not yes, yes, yarn these okay. skinny things, and make sure you don't do this. Yes.
0: Okay, I said, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I kept being here. What's at the time? When I finished Salah, I I said, yes, brother. <laughs> in it's, the prayer. Okay, yes. after the prayer is finished. finish straight, the in front of you. Say what I told you. I said, Inshallah, I will tell them. No, you have to tell them Now, then I didn't talk to him. The next day, I came the door time, and I say, Salaman, He said, Don't give me I said well, You are Christian, Ibrahim. I said, No problem. Then I uh, can I make sunnah? <laughs> then he said, No. Then I
1: <laughs> Unbelievable, unbelievable. But and, anyway, the point is, is that. Um, there yeah, is... something about something no. some
0: people they ask me what do you think they want to do I think this customer service is not <laughs> 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 excellent <laughs> excellent the problem is
3: here uh, everybody
0: comes to me he wants to make Happy. How can I make them happy? The people? Sah. Everybody Sah. has got the idea. Do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Okay, okay, no problem. The first year, but after that now, me and the engineer was like fighting. You want to stand up? Imam stand up. Start up. Do like this. You're yeah, like this. Okay, I said no problem. They say do this, do this. Stand up. Feed your feed will be the Qibla. Okay, no problem. But now, I come
1: to this. now they're used to you, Yani. They know they're not getting nothing out of you now. But uh, uh, but uh, there is a serious point to this, obviously. But anyway, let's not me will just when they come in for Salah, then we we'll cost them a bit more. Then, but in, until then, Yani, the, the the I don't care if they will lie. I hope that they hit. You know, I've had enough of that long time ago. I'm patient, patient. I told you guys before. This particular subgroup of uh, the Muslim ummah is the most. Yeah, I mean, uh, intolerant, we know. But the way that they get worshipped, yeah, and amongst us, the man of uh, izzat and respect, and, yeah, and always lowering our shoulder, always lowering our shoulder, or lowering our... Uh, yeah, we're now six foot under. Can't flip and lower the shoulder anymore. Absolutely everything, yeah, and everything, everything. Subhanallah. Yeah, and it's a'ib, uh, it's a'ib. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's embarrassing. But the point is this, is that um, keeping... People on board when they don't understand the rationale for something. That's the point I'm trying to make because you don't when you're a kid. okay. And afterwards, they will understand something. Not the rationale for the act because they never will. But they'll understand why I do this act and I'm not meant to understand the rationale of having to come to the Fajr in the morning and the this and the that many raka'at and whatever, whatnot. Meaning afterwards, there will come a time where you will be, yani grateful that you respected the fact that you didn't understand something but carried on anyway, and then later when you understood that you carried on anyway, even though you didn't understand, and that was a blessing in itself, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises the believers for. That when uh, Allah makes qada of anything, decides anything, يعani, for them, they have not a khira. they don't have a say in the matter uh, uh, after that. Right, okay. So let's just quickly just do some of these points. Um Oh, sorry, we were just talking about the uh, thing. as Abdullah bin Umar, Abdullah ibn Abbas, and Abdullah bin Zubair. Okay? And uh, one of the key things, of course, in this, uh, just from a fiqh point of view, everybody, just to keep to get your fiqh yani, uh, uh, historical point yani, tight, when you get asked a question like that, always think deep. So if you're asked, Abdullah, 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 who are the Abdullahs? Right, how am I going to answer that? Okay? If it's a, I said to you all clearly, which is narrated from Tawus, He's a tabi'i. I also said that this is the issue of raising the hands. They said. So you've got to think of who is it that are from the Abdullahs that don't yani, go down the line of raising hands. You've also got to go down you know, the obvious one, which is the age issue. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was far older than the other companions. So you're looking at a similar age. And of course, these are the three young Abdullahs. And they carried on the teaching of fiqh yani, for a long time Abdullah ibn Zubair, Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Umar. Narrated by, uh, uh, by Bukhari in uh, his chapter on the Rafay Adain. And also by Abdul Razak Al uh, in al Musannaf, and it is sahih. And also, uh, uh, it is narrated uh, from Humayd, from the, on the authority of Anas radiallahu anhu, that Anas ibn Malik, that he would ent- when he would raise his hands when he entered into the prayer, and when he would go for ruku', and when he would come up and raise his head from ruku'. Also, that's authentic narrated in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi uh, uh, Ibn Abi Shaybah and others. And then another narration. He said that Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu Taala Anhu, He stood up as if he was about to pray with us And then he lifted, he raised his hands uh, To the edge of his ears And he said, Allahu Akbar uh, 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 He said, Allahu Akbar And then he turned and he said to the people He said, do it like this And then he said, Allahu Akbar And then he went into Ruku'a and he goes, do it like this. Then he raised his, hand, his head from the rukua and he said, Sami Allahu liman hamidah. And he lifted his hands. And he goes, do it like this. So in actual fact, he stood up. Of course, he's now amongst a group of tabi'een and he's teaching them how to pray. And he showed them exactly when to actually make the takbir and raise the hands specifically. This hadith is also authentic. It's been narrated by Ibn munzir in his musannaf and in other places. It is sahih. And also, uh, on the authority of Ibn Juraj that he said, that I was told by Nafir, who was a freed slave of Abdullah ibn Umar, that Ibn Umar, بيديه, He would make takbir with his hands, that means yani, he raised raise his hands, ي- عندما يستفتح, ي- يستفتح yani, when, he would, when he would open and start the prayer, and when he would go for ruqoo, when he would then stand back up and say, Sami الله and when he would come up from the, uh, when he would stand up from the two. And he would not, yani do, uh, and he would not uh, uh, make takbir with his hands when he would raise his head from the sajda. Bain the That's an important addition which has been said intentionally because that became a practice that started to not flourish but become noticed amongst the tabi'een. Because of some narrations from the companions doing it. And there's a discussion amongst the, the fuqaha, whether a, a person should actually make the takbir, raise their hands, even يعني, in between the tajdah. You might have even seen that yourself as well, from some scholars, because they still continue it. And then, something very important. We're kind of going forward a bit, but at least it gives us context, have to then bring this book next week as well. So I said to Nafi' أَكَانَي ibn Umar يَجَعَلَ Hunna أَرْفَعَهُنَّ did Ibn Umar, when he made these takbirs, was there a difference in the height that the hands would go to? And this is a very important question because in some of the madahib, especially in the Maliki school, and especially some of my own teachers as well, Sheikh Muhammad bin dido, he is very strongly of the opinion that the rafa of the hands in the prayer is not like the rafa of the hands in the beginning of the prayer. Okay? So the opening is a very kind of specific act, and the others are linked by some other reality. Now, rationally speaking, I don't know whether we can justify that. From hadith, we can. In this narration, look at the response. Nafi' said, "La soa." Nafi' said that, no, actually at all times, the raising of the hands was of the same height. Of the same height. Um, Then he said, did he? Uh, 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 was it Yani raising to the levels of his ears? He said, "La, not even his face. Not, not even uh, his face." Fa ashara, and then he pointed to his chest area. He pointed to his chest area and indicated this is where it was. So this narration, which is narrated by Abdul Razak al-San'ani, and it is sahih, what do we learn from this narration? That the raising of the hands, which is what we're still doing, okay, it was the same in all positions of the prayer, and in this narration, it didn't go to his ears, and it didn't go to his face, but it was somewhere around very shoulder. Now when I say very shoulder, what I mean by that, is that... 10 past 10 today, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, When I say very shoulder... um, You're going to see a number of narrations now that are going to mention the Prophet being observed as raising his hands to his ears and raising his hands to his shoulders. And so one of the very common and I've even written an article about this and you know I teach this as well and this is the position of a number of scholars in fairness to me, that all of these narrations can be understood as a single meaning. That when you see ears mentioned and shoulders then the ears is referring to the top of the fingers, and the hands is referring to the bottom of the shoulder. The, 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 the bottom of the hands referring to the shoulders. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yani, it's a nice and easy uh, get out. Right? This is called jama', yani, making jama' between the reconciling between the different narrations. Sheikh Uthameen says that there's no reason or no need for us to go and make these decisions or, or make these interpretations. Why can't you just say that's authentic and that's authentic? And this is very, very important when it comes to the issue of raising hands and a number of the other sunan acts of the prayer. Okay? Yani, to carry on. Aswad said, Al-Aswad said, Rahimullah, he said, Sallaytu ma'a Umar, I prayed with Umar radiallahu anhu. <laughs> yadayhi fi shay'in min salatihi illa salatihi. I prayed with Umar. And he did not raise his hands, he did not do Rafay at any single point in the prayer except when he, you know, Allahu Akbar at the beginning. So, what you're now being exposed to, you've got the father, who didn't raise his hands, you've got the son, who is the number one evidence, the number one narrator of the two most authentic hadith that we have in Bukhari, that you do raise your hands in other parts of the prayer. Now, the interpretation that you have and the way that you understand Sharia and Hadith in the way that you are responding to the issue of the hands, where they are with the ears and the shoulders, is gonna help you in also understanding hadith that are giving different Yani things as well. Does that make sense? Because you know in the issue of the if a hadith says that you raise your hands to your ears when you're getting Allah Akbar and it, it, even though this has never been mentioned but you, you don't know because it says ears so this could theoretically be it as well and then you've got shoulders it's quite easy in this scenario to make a combination of both and say it means both how are you going to combine between not raising and raising which therefore suggests that we should take a different methodology go ahead. Uh, uh, take a different methodology let the Adhan go uh, review your, your notes and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, carry on
4: Allah, Allah,
1: Him, ibn Kulayb said "For my father that I was with Ali radiyallahu anhu asufin and he la- raised his hands at the beginning of the prayer and then he did not raise his hands in the prayer after that. That is also authentic narrated by ibn Abi Shaiba. Also the hadith of Umar that was also narrated by ibn Abi Shaiba and Imam al-Tahawi and ibn al-Munzir and it is Sahih and on the authority of Nafi' that Abdullah ibn Umar when he would enter the prayer he would uh, raise his hands and to the level of his shoulders and when he would come up from rukua he would do it less than that. ذَلِكَ And that is narrated in which book? In the Muatta of Man Malik, which is why the Malikis they hold on to this narration. It's authentic. It's absolutely bang on. Or well, you don't get more authentic than that. And Nafi' and Abdullah bin Umar the only collected by Malik himself. So that's where you get the idea, as you're going to see now, I mean, we're, we're kind of jumping the gun, but what we're doing right now is the opening takbir, where it's coming up to the level of the shoulders. Later on, for it to then come up to here is fine. You know, it's a significant difference, yani, in height. From here to there, okay? It's, even if it's one. Obviously, as I said before, we can't have all this bakwas, yani. You know, where people are just doing, you know, to their waist. That Gulf Arab kind of flex. Yeah? That is completely unacceptable. We would never have that nonsense, yes? But دون ذلك There's yeah, and just a little bit less than So you can see the authentic narrations Again How do you reconcile with this? How do you reconcile this? Now first of all Let's start with what Shaykh And then uh, 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 In terms of uh, Where to uh, uh, Umar When he would raise his hands in Salah He would raise it to the level of his shoulders Narrated by Ibn Abi Shayba Hadith uh, authentic uh, Ibn Umar When he would raise his hands He would raise it to the level Hadwa To the level of his shoulders Authentic Narrated by Ibn Abi Shayba Um uh, uh, Abdullah ibn Umar, another narration. I saw him, he, res- he raised his hands, he raised it to the level of his shoulders, narrated by Ibn Abi Shayba. Uh, Sheikh uh, Usameen mentions that also what is narrated from the Prophet ﷺ, that he raised his uh, uh, hands ila furu' to the edge of his two ears, to the edge of it. So something higher. And that's narrated by Imam Muslim in the chapter of prayer, hadith number 391. So what have you learned You've learned that authentically, the Prophet ﷺ has a, a hadith that showed that the hands were raised to his shoulders, to his to his ears. Authentically, both, and that the companions themselves differed amongst themselves. Yani, in the weather too, at uh, lower, higher, and then throughout the prayer, some didn't do it at all, others did, and less and so now we have to ask ourselves: if you take the approach like I always have with respect to the raising of the hands, location, height, that the hadith are all referring to the same action but different takes on it so if I raise my hands here okay then you when you go back and say listen I prayed in Masjid and I saw him raise his hands what are you going to say? some of you are going to say to his ears because you're looking at my fingers some of you are going to say looking at my palms and you're going to say to his shoulders people are going to say, some people are going to say that to his face some are going to say to his it depends on what interpretation and that of course is a very important reason why there's differences of opinion in fiqh we've got to accept that but Sheikh al he knocks this idea on the head nicely. He says that there's no need even to say that. He goes, it's okay to say that, that's fine. He goes, but you know what, why don't we just say that? Okay, he did raise his hands to his ears, and he did raise his hands to his shoulders, and it's not a problem. Now, the reason I like this opinion, this bravery in this statement, is that that also fits in a lot nicer with the idea of the raising of the hands and not raising of the hands. Right? The bigger issue. Now, I believe, very strongly so, and there's not many people that are out there believe this, okay? Like the, the Shafi'is, they believe religiously, Islamically, that the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands all the time. It's a sunnah of the prayer. The Hanafis, they believe that the Prophet ﷺ did not raise his hands in the prayer. It's a sunnah that, yani, is to not raise your hands. And therefore, for them, Doing one or the other isn't acceptable. You've got to just stick to that because that's a sunnah. I believe, very strongly so, that the Prophet ﷺ alternated between all of these actions. Sometimes raising, sometimes not raising. Sometimes going high, sometimes not. I believe that legally, it fits with the evidences because that's the only possible perfect combination and reconciliation of authentic hadith that indicate yani, that both actions occurred. It would explain why some companions are seeing one thing. And some of them go further. Wallahi, I prayed behind the Prophet ﷺ and I never saw him raise the hands. How can you make qasam like that? And then another one is saying that I prayed with the Prophet and he did. It makes sense that he only saw him at this moment or at this time. And therefore he can't say Wallahi, because he never saw at a different time. And so this yani starts to make a lot of sense that it's happening. And then if you go even deeper... And this was something Sheikh Ahlan, subhanAllah, he taught me 20 years ago. i never forget this statement. Okay, one of the very initial statements that he made. He said to me that it's in my opinion that this issue of raising the hands is not one of the integral sunnah of the prayer. What did, he mean? what did he mean by that? He meant that the sunnah of the prayer, things which are not obligatory, which are part of it, but that they are tab'an the salah, not yani from the asal. They are like yani aspects of the prayer that kind of added to it to add some flavor to it. They're not part of the essence. Meaning, meaning that you should use the raising of the hands to improve the prayer. And you should use the leaving of the raising of the hands to improve the prayer. The more you're aware of your prayer, that I feel like raising my hands, Diani, now you'll be more awake in the prayer, more (laughs) aware of the action when you do it and whatever. You do it every single time, every single time without fail, it becomes an automatic, op- automatic reaction. If you do not do it all the time without fail, then it becomes an automatic action to not do it. When you do it, it feels really strange, really weird. You break that yani, mold, that, yani, that, that, that situation becomes a bit raw. That itself, as we mentioned last week and a week before, that interrupting the system, that creating that little kind of moment of hesitation which brings you to life in the prayer, that is an objective in the prayer in itself. That's an objective in a sharia. That's why uh, Shaykh Uthameen, he makes a point in a, in a different page, different section, but I'll say it now. He goes that if a person has this approach he will achieve three things. Ittiba's sunnah, ihya' as sunnah, and al-qalb He will follow the sunnah because he will then apply all the hadith. Can you imagine? Can you imagine never raising your hands and having all these hadith of the Prophet ﷺ saying that he did? So what are you doing then? And how are you how are you dealing in your heart? That the Prophet dealt with this, did this. The companions did it after his death. If you might say that you know it was abrogated towards the end of his life. What do you think the companions are doing then afterwards? Okay, and you, you're following the Sunnah. And when you're not raising the hands, you're also following the Sunnah because of what's narrated. That's called ittiba' sunnah ihya al-Sunnah, reviving the Sunnah. So, for example, if you're in a community where they don't raise the hands, but you know that the Prophet did and you do it once in a while, you are reviving that sunnah, because sunnah then can get lost, yani they can yani, peter out, until so much so, that, a, <laughs> that yani, de, a, pe, pe, a sunnah can peter out, can disappear so quickly, that people can't even then imagine, that it was a sunnah in the first place, and the vice versa as well, a bid'ah can come in, To the religion and it can become so solidified because no one questions it that it becomes a key aspect of the prayer. Like the wearing of the hat. Anyone who believes that the wearing of the hat is part of the prayer has lied against Allah and His Messenger. There is not a single hadith or ayah or aspect or imam, neither imam or hanifa or shafi'i or al-malik or Ahaz uh, 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 bin Hanbal, or any of their students, or from the Salaf, or the Khalaf, or Umtabi'in, Atba'u Not a single alim in the history of Islam that has ever said that wearing the hat is part of the prayer, or an improvement of the prayer, or an excellence of the prayer. If anyone says that, they need to make tawbah, wa illa, qutil? Okay, not qutil then. Wa illa, May Allah guide that person. All right, A person, he says that it's nice if the Imam wears it. That's something else. I wear a hat. For that reason only. <coughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, Muslims wearing a hat to remind themselves of their heritage, this, that, whatever. Other reasons, fine. But for a person to say that a person can't lead us without a hat, this is the extreme possible version of jahil that's possible. Because everything should happen. Now where did this come from? It comes when an idea is observed and seen and no one challenges it. Then over one year, then ten years, then a hundred years, then two hundred years, then five hundred years. Then it becomes like an aqeedah. You are born into it. You're born into a family. You're born into a community, into a country, into a nation, into a culture where you believe that the hat or a certain type of clothing or a certain color or you know... I'll just end on this point because I, I was reading what Haseeb was r- writing the other day, and I, when I take the Hajj and Umrah groups, I say this to them, and they will have a heart attack when they come to the Green Dome of the Prophet and they see the Green Dome, and they will get so very, you know, excited when they see the Green Dome. And I say, you realize that this is, dome was only painted a couple hundred years ago, yeah? There are stuff for Allah. This is there from the Prophet time. This is the Prophet dome. I said, you realize that it was built hundreds, hundreds of years after he passed away. And it was made of wood. Then it got burned down completely. And then after that, it was made again with lead to stay again. And then it was painted as silver. And it was painted white. And it, throughout the hundreds and hundreds of years, green was just one of the colors that the Turkish yani painter he liked. So he chose it. No, the Prophet loves green. <laughs> when things are left alone, people start to believe that legend. And this is how all the yani, things that we have in our religion develop. Anyway, may Allah guide us and improve our knowledge. Allahum ameen. Let's uh, end this. Uh, questions, I will do you guys uh, uh, questions afterwards. We're going to have the Salat al-Isha on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, uh, portal as well. Yes, we have a question. One,
3: you know, yes,
1: know, yes. Salana, gia- <re ing> with the mama, you
0: know. If you
3: look at the
0: internet Not true. Internet, there, there are two
3: true. Amams, you know. It was in it one day, we were discussing in, in the... Uh,
1: the big difference between uh, me and you, uncle, is I don't take my deen from the internet. You know, we take know, it from Quran and Sunnah.
3: The internet. In which in the say the, was, they out everything from the internet, you know, the... Gigi. Two Amams, you know, they said that without, you know, it's mama or anything, you know, that you must be on the head, you
4: know. Gigi. They said that two, two Amams said that it's a
3: mugrur, and two Amams said that without know, that, you know, you cannot, it's haram to not wear it during the... Haram.
1: Oh, you're in big trouble then. Please okay. make sure that you keep your hat if on, you Shaykh.
3: You know, I, mean, I Yeah,
1: I, okay. That. But then let's take his opinion. It is haram to now pray without a it, hat. It is, it is already
3: international. You can take it when the mistake comes, you know. He can prove that. One. I will
1: accept it. No, no, I, I, I accept. Right, no, I no. To no, no, no. No, no. No, 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 listen. Uh, I, I accept it. But I want you to know now yes. that from now on you have to believe that if you buy mistake, you pray without your hat, it is going to be haram for you then.
0: Which one?
1: You just said, isn't it? Yes, yeah? I never, yeah. will never
0: be, will, will do that
2: without
1: Okay, action. so I'm, I'm happy for you to continue living like that, yes. but we will never ever allow anyone to believe that this is from Islam or that this is from Allah it is or that this is from His.
4: No, I don't go to that discussion.
1: No? You understand uh, what I mean? But People, we can never change their minds because obviously if you've grown up your whole life believing this, you're not going to change your Many opinion.
3: People, anyhow, it's a very simple. We are not re- reading okay. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying so that, that, no opinion, that no one is going to change their opinion. No one is going to change their opinion if they've their whole life believed yes. that the most important aspect of their prayer is wearing the hat yes. and that to pray without the hat is haram. You're not going to change now. But what can never ever happen is that Allah's deen has lies and falsehood attributed to it. That's very important. Yes? Anyway, let's establish salah. Jazakumullah khair, subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Ash'hadu an la ilaha illa Ant. Wa astaghfirullah wa atubu Time Ten, ten, ten.
0: Kind of <laughs> <up>. <laughs> 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 like, like the Jewish people, exactly. put it on like the Jewish Are you happy now? The can you? I had salah,
3: الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين one نعبد the نستعين who is the المستقيم who is الذين أنعمت عليهم غير one عليهم ولا سبقت لهم من الحسن أولئك عنها مبعدون لا يسمعون حسيسها وهم في مشتاك أنفسهم خالدون لا يحزنهم الفزع الأكبر وَنَضَّتَ تَتَدَنَّى فِي الزُّبُرِ مِنْ بَعْدِ الذِّكْرِ أَنَّ الْأَرْضَ يَرِثُهَا عِبَادِي الصَّالِحُونَ إِنَّ فِي هَذَا لَبَلَاغًا لِقَوْمٍ عَابِدِينَ وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ يا من يا الله من حميدا Lola. I اللَّهِ the Lord. I I am the Lord. I